Welcome to another episode of Free Basketball. This is Country Edition Free Basketball. I am host Ryan Meadows out here in the boonies trying to catch mm-hmm. a cell phone tower. Um, and I am joined, as always, by my two co-hosts, Mr. Daniel Greer. How are you, sir? I'm great. Not in the boonies. <laughs> you are in a part of the city, or the planet, that is, that actually receives anything above uh 3g (laughs) (laughs) another co-host cody holsey how are you sir can you still hear me i i i can still hear you i'm doing great um i'm calling in on the orville redenbacher (laughs) uh pop line today (laughs) (laughs) so i have to apologize got some news uh we moved we moved out of the city been a city uh, person my entire life and moved out to the country so we are adjusting to what is happening and obviously the biggest adjustment I have is um, cell phone signal how Wi-Fi works out here and um, it's just a weird transition so we uh, it wasn't because of that that we took off last week also had another announcement last week that our family had the coronavirus Oh no. So we are, we feel super special. We are getting through that. That was not fun for a couple days, Um, but we are over it now. So we are back talking about our team previews. Last time you heard us, we went through 30 through 17, and these were mostly teams that are probably not going to make the playoffs. And yes, I know that they are going to have the play in. So some of those teams through 17 through 20 are going to get a shot at actually making the playoffs. But we decided to break them in tiers to kind of keep it cleaner. So this is going to start the actual teams that we think will make the playoffs straight out that, yeah, may be in the playing game, that be, but they will definitely solidly be at least the eighth seed. So let's start this off here. This group, this tier for playoffs is the early playoff exit teams. And we're going to start with our number 16 team, the Indiana Pacers. Last year went 45 and 28. They basically ran it back with the same team. They did not really change anything besides some draft picks. The big thing they did over the offseason was they fired their coach, Nate McMillan, hired Nate Bjorken. I don't even know how to say that. Um, but he is their new coach who is previously the assistant of the Toronto Raptors. Daniel, do you know anything about the new Pacers coach? I know absolutely nothing. <laughs> okay. Cody, I'm going to assume that you have the same amount of knowledge about the assistant coach. Oh, no. I've been following this guy for a long time. <laughs> so give us the breakdown. Give us the X's and O's, what you expect from him, playing style. Yeah, yeah. So basically what you have here is a classic case of a guy that was not a coach <laughs> at the end of last year and is now a coach at the beginning of this year. <laughs> so what you can expect is a lot of new coach kind of things. <laughs> Um, I doubt you can expect a punch clock. Like, there's not mm. going to be a time clock in this locker Ooh, room. No yes. punch clock. Um, but I think he's going to have a style that is going to be uh, one that people in basketball circles like. I don't know anything about this. Guy, <laughs> I'm just making all that up. 
obviously. I was about to say, since you said he's not going to use a punch clock, I assume that you mean that the players will not respect him or listen to him for not having one. So, uh, But right. everything I've read about there him... There will be push-up punishments. I, <laughs> I figured I'd do my due diligence on him, and apparently he's really well-liked by the players, at least in Toronto. Um, he's seen as a super positive, energetic coach now. That goes so far with me as an assistant. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about that as a head coach going through, you know, kind of the doldrums of an NBA season. Like if things start to go sour, and seems like they did with this Pacers team um, last year with Nate McMillan, I mean, is it going to be pretty easy for them to tune him out? Like could this turn into a disaster for the Pacers? Well, I, I don't know if you say it turned into disaster. Um, we got to give the guy a chance to actually coach first. Um, I, I think with anything, you get a fresh slate. And so I would say uh, I don't think there's any any kind of holdover to any of the previous coaches or the players to how they maybe they treated the past coach or how they played. I think everything is a just a fresh start for this new coach. And I think going forward, um, I think they'll be fine. I think this uh, Pacers team will actually be really good at times. And then sometimes they'll kind of be non-existent because of the, the type of players they have. They have some good players, but no really great players on this roster. Hmm. Yeah. So Victor Oladipo, there was speculation all summer that he was leaving and he wanted out. And then all of a sudden, it just seemed like overnight he had a change of heart. Miles Turner seems to be involved in every potential fake trade that there is on Twitter. And, I mean, they're getting Jeremy Lamb back, which I don't know how you feel about Jeremy Lamb. And they've got T.J. Warren, who is like the bubble god, you know, for a couple weeks. Um, I mean, we have him here at 16th, which is just barely making the playoffs. Vegas has their over-under at 39.5 wins currently. I mean, do we think 39 to 40 wins is appropriate for this team? Or do you think that's too low and we're undervaluing them? I, I think they can actually be undervalued. But the only problem is the East got a little bit better. The West is so deep that even a Houston Rockets team with a pissed off James Harden or a vacant spot, James Harden, will be better than them for sure. Um, I look at you know teams like Memphis, Sacramento, uh, the Spurs. I think they're all better than that Pacers team, honestly. Um, I just think that they are right on the cusp of they could be a 6, maybe 7, or they could be a 10. And so I think where we have them, I think it's, it's right on. I would not bet the over-under on wins for them at all because that that's a dangerous team. Um, that's a that's a dangerous number for a team that just hasn't shown much really throughout the, their because, career. Because you feel like if they're together and they believe in the new coach and Oladipo's all in and we finally see it from Miles Turner, they could blow 39 wins away. Easily. Or it could go the opposite. They hate each other. Oladipo's just, you know, trying to make it through and cash that check and it goes way under. Yep. <laughs> Cody, is that how you see things with the Pacers? Is there anything about the Pacers that interests you at all? Do you think they could kind of be like an upset team or just their blah? They're just kind of eh. They're like, but they're also that team that's like eh until they're not. Hmm. 
So what do you think is like a missing thing for them? Is it truly just Oladipo being injured for a year? Like is his return? Yeah, like just like be health, like health. If that, like I don't know. I feel like Nick, Nate McMillan kind of get screwed there because like name a time where he's had a fully healthy team. That's fair. Yeah, and when they were all healthy, they were knocking on you know a four seed or a three seed in the East, yeah. and just kind of got and like, unlucky. Yeah. Because it wasn't it just a few years ago that they just made a run at you know LeBron's Cavs, like didn't they scare them in the first round or it was some team? Yeah, it was the Heat. It was the Heat that they're kind of frisky yeah, was, with, but yeah. So we think this could be with a Paul frisky. George and stuff. If you had to choose, um, smash or pass on this line, Daniel? Would you smash or pass? Thirty nine and a half. Is that correct? Thirty nine and a half. Wow, that would mean they'd only have to lose 32 games. Right. Um, 40 and 32 gets you this. <laughs> man, um, I would say pass. I think it's like a 38 and 34. Cody? I would say smash. Ooh, I'm actually going to pass on this too. I think this is kind of a, this is a sinking ship very quickly, and I... I don't know. I don't think they'll blow it up because it's the Pacers and they can't really do that in the market they're in and reset. But I just don't think the players mesh well together at all. So I this. Uh, but moving on to number fifteen, the kind of surprise from everybody, especially with the pick of one Mr. Chris Paul, hired gun extraordinaire right now. Number fifteen, that is the Phoenix Suns. Cody, does hire does uh, hiring. Does signing CP3 guarantee the Phoenix Suns a playoff spot like we have ranked them here? Yes. Simple as that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so the difference It is. It is. Like they were already they already were really like we saw it in the bubble, they were really good. Like they're still gonna be playing games without fans, basically everywhere. Empty gyms, shooters gyms. The Phoenix Suns are going to be good. They have Devin Booker. DeAndre Ayton was pretty good last year. You just throw Chris Paul into that mix. Now they have a real point guard. Yeah, they're going to be fantastic. Chris Paul is like a super upgrade over Ricky Rubio. What are you mm. What are you talking about? Mm, this tickles me because I feel like you have always in the past hated on the Suns, and just because they signed 35-year-old Chris Paul, now you're on them? Yeah. Yeah, because I believe in Chris Paul. You know who I don't believe in? I don't believe in the ragtag group of, of Call of Duty <laughs> pros. <laughs> That's what Devin Booker is. Practically. I don't believe in them to win the playoffs. So when they add Chris Paul, who's like a proven like NBA like guy who like knows how to win, like can win games. Like obviously he doesn't have a ton of playoff success, but like he he makes the right basketball play, and he's at least know, the teams get into the playoffs. He has a history of dragging yeah, like, teams that shouldn't be in there. In there, what? Can can we go back and look at what the over under was for the Thunder last year? Ooh, what the Vegas line I was for that? I thought it was twenty something, wasn't it? Or was it early thirties? Yeah, it was real. It was real low, and Chris Paul took the Thunder to a five seed. Da- Daniel, seed. would you agree that going from Ricky Rubio to Chris Paul, that switch alone is good enough to turn, you know, the eleventh or tenth or eleventh seed in the West into an eight or seven seed in the West? I think it has potential, uh, but you also have potential that this thing could go bad because you have to understand, 
Chris Paul is injury prone. He's old. Like, this could be a team that misses the playoffs and or mainly is in the play-in game because Chris Paul gets injured. I could easily see that. And so if you see a team that that where you have your banking on the their player that is really good, he's proven over and over again that he is good and he's taken teams such as OKC to a, a, a kind of a higher ceiling than they actually had. He was healthy the whole year. He was he was hurt very little throughout last year, and he even had that spot where he was you know they had that time off, and so he's been able to heal, which is great. And everybody's thinking, oh my God, he's going to the Suns, where you know they have this amazing uprising uh, all star and Devin Booker. What happens if he gets hurt? Who do you have behind him? Can I, Who, who's the backup point guard? Can I, can I rebut you real quick on yeah, that? Yeah, you can butt out. I mean, rebut, whatever. Yeah, no, shut up. Rebut shut up with the ass, Yeah, the asinine things that you're saying right now. So, first of all, Chris Paul's going to be playing with like a much higher quality players this year than he was last year, so he doesn't have to shoulder as much as the load on the court. Second of all, just having like Chris Paul around with like Devin Booker and like those young guys is a good thing because Chris Paul is like the de facto like leader on every team that he's ever been on. He's like a freaking coach on the court, just like barking orders of people and like running the show. He's like a real point guard like that. So yes, that is like upgrading from a freaking Geo Tracker to a GD Tesla. <laughs> In terms of going from Ricky Rubio <laughs> to Chris Paul, okay, but but that and hey, yes, that's fine. Yes, he has gotten hurt. He yes, he does get hurt, and yes, I understand that's what you're saying. But like, if he does get hurt, then whatever. But he also played the entirety of last year not hurt. Exactly. So like the most recent track record, okay, is that he will be fine. But that's why OKC had a good year. If he stays healthy, this team is a playoff team. But as he's shown, Even if he's not he's healthy, this the, team probably is still a playoff team. They have much better players than Oklahoma dude, City had. Look at this team on paper. Chris Paul, okay, we're saying if they all stay healthy, this is a playoff team. I'm okay with that. I, I agree. But if for some reason Chris Paul is showing his age at the ripe old age of 35, uh, you have Devin Booker, who has been really good, but has shown he's only a. Uh, he, he puts up empty stats uh, when you don't have a good players around him, which he still really does not. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, who either gets uh, suspended because he's taking PEDs or he gets hurt and really hasn't shown much. Mm-hmm. Jay Crowder, he looked like the Memphis Jay Crowder uh, towards the end of the bubble. Uh, that could possibly come back. Dario Saric, Mikal Bridges, Jalen Smith. They, they drafted a guy with goggles. Okay, wait, they took him way too high. Cam Johnson, Javon Carter. Javon Carter is your backup. You know what? And if he's not, you have Cameron Payne. Which Memphis guy do you want? You want Cam Payne or do you want the uh, Javon Carter that we traded? Like, so, this is like not a deep Galloway. team. So if, when, you, when you think about going towards the playoffs, you're talking about the last 30 games of the season, and they're fighting between uh, 10 to 6. They're having to play Chris Paul – 35 minutes a night, and then all of a sudden, this easy schedule where he's got all this talent around him, he has to shoulder a lot of the load and gets injured again. What do you know? It's just how it's going to happen. So it kind of boils down to is if the Suns are for real, I think we'll know pretty early based on the improvement of 
if DeAndre Ayton has truly gotten better and if he's actually focused or not. This is, you know, what, third year, so maybe he finally gets it now. Um, and you're also banking on Mikhail Bridges and their rookie last year, Cam Johnson, improving. Right. Like that, right. if you think the Suns are going to be for real this year, I think you can look at those three players and say why does Chris Paul have to play 35 minutes this a game? is what I'm this is what I'm saying Cody like if the Suns are going to be for real it's going to have to be from these three guys I think everyone is so focused on the blockbuster of Devin Booker and Chris Paul they ignore that these three guys are kind of central to what they if they're going to be a playoff team these are the three guys that are going to have to do it right well, right, right. No, I agree. But Chris Paul only played 31 minutes a game last year in Oklahoma City. So why does he have to play 35 minutes a night? Because they don't, they don't have the a sun, deep bench at all. Their bench is not deep. Well, last year they had Dennis Schroeder and SGA. Right. Shea Gilgis. The Suns have – their backup right. guard is Devin Booker. <laughs> yeah, right. Devin Booker is the point guard. So, like, Devin Booker plays more of the minutes, and Devin Booker is younger. So, like, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, but do we know? We still have Chris. Do Paul. we know if DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker play well together? Uh, they did okay in eight games in the bubble, but come on, that's the bubble. That's true. All right, that is a small sample size. You know what would have been an interesting uh, sliding doors moment is uh, what if instead of having to pay a thirty-six-year-old Chris Paul and banking on a twenty-one-year-old center who's uh, doesn't seem to re- be really into it that match. What if they'd have just drafted Luca and he was their point guard? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know that's a sad what if. Um, they wouldn't have to worry about this at all. But Oh, yeah, we no. We, would, we wouldn't be arguing. We'd just all be like, yep. Okay, well, the Suns should have just listened to us when we back when we did our draft uh, video there, Cody. They'd just yep. listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to finish it up with them, Vegas has them at 38 and a half wins. If we think they're making the playoffs, you definitely smash this, right, Cody? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So you would smash this over 38 and a half wins. Oh, I'd s- super smash. Daniel, do you agree? I'll pass this. And how in the world do the Pacers have a higher number than the Suns? That's crazy. Because the Pacers play in the That's East. That's a good yeah, point. But they got to play the other teams, too. I'm, I'm actually with Cody with this. I'm, I'm with Cody. I, I'm going to smash this as well. I would say um, 40 wins. Um, although now that I say it out loud, 40 and 32 for that underwhelming Suns team seems like an awful lot. Is Chris Paul really worth eight wins? But um, I'm going to smash it just because I believe in Booker and I believe in Mikael Bridges and Cam Johnson and their improvement. So I'm going to go with them. But moving on to number four. Hey, hold on. Real s- one, can you please get that point uh, pressed on a shirt? And I need you to wear that around. Exactly what you said. I believe in Booker. Cameron Johnson and whoever you said, <laughs> Jay, go ahead and put Jalen Smith on there too. No, you can't put a goggles guy on. There's not enough space. Not enough space on the t-shirt to fit it in. Hey, hey, I, I'd put. Hey, I'd put Kareem on a t-shirt. That's true. I'd put Kareem, but I don't know if we think Jalen Smith's going to score thirty-four thousand points in his career. So, well, well no, but even Horace Grant, Glenn Rice, <laughs> all goggles team. Uh, number 14, the Utah Jazz last year went 44 and 28. They just re-signed Rudy Gobert to a 205, I believe, million dollar deal for the next five years. He will be 33 to 34 by the end of that deal. 
That's a lot of money for a guy that your franchise guy doesn't. Donovan Mitchell previously had a problem with. Cody, do you think there is still some deep-seated issue between the one and two top players with the Utah Jazz, or do you think they have buried the hatchet? I think they're professionals, and they probably don't care. Ooh. They just have to play basketball together. They don't have to, like, be friends. So let me follow up with this then. Wow. Are the Utah Jazz smart for extending Rudy Gobert for this amount of money for that length of time? Probably not, but it but like it gives them a big contract that they can trade if they need to match another big contract. Interesting. I don't think anybody's really talking about that because I think everybody's like freaking out about the money. So you think? Well, I don't think it's a good. I don't think it's a great deal, but I think like you know, it's one of those things where, from time to time, when you do want to make like a big deal, it is nice to have that like giant like albatross contract that matches up with like whatever other giant contract you need to take on. Hmm. Interesting. Because, like, you couldn't trade for James Harden if you didn't have a big contract to, like, trade for James Harden. That is true. It does feel like a lot of these teams who are, you know, money conscious can't even get into discussion because they have to involve six players to match up with one James Harden's salary. Right. They have... They have everybody on a one-year deal for like ten million dollars, or you know whatever it is, or they have a one-year deal for whatever. But like they don't have any, they have to put four of those together to be able to get. It is the kind of thing else. where like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, like you get absolutely right. torched and made fun of if you make this deal for Rudy Gobert, which the Jazz have been. But then, like you said, if something ever comes available, then you actually need that contract to make the move. Yeah, and his contract, his contract eventually is an expiring contract. Too. Like that, I, I mean, I know that like that's a few years down the road, but it's not, you know. Now, I know how Daniel feels about Rudy. That's why I offered it to you first, Cody. Uh, but, Daniel, this is your time now. No, you're not a huge lover of Rudy Gobert. You've been pointed about that on this pod in the past. Um, how do you feel about this contract? Yeah, well, let me just kind of break it down for the people. (laughs) And so the people understand the reason that this is a bad contract. (laughs) We'll go the the years that the, the, the season ends. So we'll go 2022, 35 million. Okay, so this year he's making 25. So for the same production you're going to get, you're going to pay him 10 more million. The year after that, it goes up 38. The 24th season, 41. The 25th season, 43. And then his last season, which is a player option, he would be a complete idiot not to opt in. He will be the age of 33 years old. The 26th season, he'll be making $46 million. That is the reason I don't like this contract. Now, I also want to say that there could be some changes to where you can honestly get helped out by, one, your your players play better within the first four or five seasons prior to that last season or the last two seasons. Um, But also, you could get more money back from the league because the league grows and you get some more, the, the higher salary crap. So that's probably what they're thinking because I'm thinking the same way that they did this is the way that they're going to do Dak Prescott and with the Cowboys. You kind of backload it because you're going to get more money from the league. But in the end, this is not a big man's league. 
it's a big man's league who can be a stretch four, who even a stretch five. But this guy does nothing offensively. Like, literally, he gets putbacks. He can run to the rim. But he can never be the guy who can go get you a bucket if needed. And that's the problem. I don't like this contract. And so, yes, I understand they can trade it in the end. And eventually, they can trade it if they need to. But you are pretty much setting yourself up for success if you can get off this contract the last three years. But if you can't get off of it the last three years, you might actually cripple yourself to where you're in a rebuilding immediately. So I think you have three years of good Rudy. And then I think you had three years of a bad Rudy contract. So take what you want, but I think that's how it goes. So we'll see in the end. You make a good point about it because it feels like with Rudy, it's immediately a depreciating in value contract, right? And you're never going to get the returns back over five years for what you're actually paying, especially when he gets in his 30s. He might become more brittle. You have no idea. And to me, it was just a deal that the Utah Jazz have been mediocre through the playoffs for 14 years. And the past three, since Donovan Mitchell was a rookie, I mean, this is what, his fourth year coming up? They have not gotten out of the first round. They got out of the first round Donovan Mitchell's rookie year because they played that terrible Thunder team with Paul Pandemic P and Russell Russell Westbrook. (laughs) Besides that, they're out of the they're out in the first round the past three years or two years. So, how long does Donovan Mitchell? Which I want to talk about Donovan Mitchell in a second, but I mean, how long before he gets tired of being bounced in the first round? Like that can't be fun losing four one four two, and this past year, you know, it was an exciting you know four three series with the Nuggets. But we kind of say in the bubble, and it was just a weird situation. But, I mean, how long does Donovan Mitchell want to stick around with that franchise that just gave Rudy that money, and you know you're saddled with him for the next five years? You have to play with him. You have to play his style for him to be effective. I mean, do we yeah, do the- we see Donovan Mitchell potentially asking for demanding a trade? I don't know if you demand a trade because, one, he's only getting paid – Five million this year, but the 22 season, he has 28 million reasons why he needs to be happy. And then he goes to 30 million, 32, 34, and then a player option at the 26 season of 37. So that's the only reason that you might kind of keep your mouth shut early on. But after two years and that first year of, of making five times the amount of money you're making this year in that 22 season. That is when I think he eventually it starts to pop in his head. Like, all right, we're going to be like, we signed Rudy Gobert to a huge $205 million contract. Literally, you are setting yourself up for the next four or five years to be a six seed and a first round exit. That's really what this contract does for them. It secures them a six seed for the next four or five years and gives them an early round exit. So they're going to get the gate of at least two extra home games. So good on them. Maybe it'll pay for that contract and a pissed off Donovan Mitchell as he gets older. So mm. I, I think he will be mad after his first season of making a that that big money. Interesting. Cody, I want to ask you a specific question about Donovan Mitchell. Um, not saying that I believe this, but I just want to ask, has Donovan Mitchell already plateaued? 
Is he the player that he's going to be for the rest of his career that we've seen? Rookie year, what, he averaged about 20 points. Last two years, he's averaged about 23 or 24. What is a realistic improvement for Donovan Mitchell that you think he could be at? Is it not necessarily points? Does his points per production stay the same? Or is it in his other facets of his game that he improves? Uh, I mean, I think he'll probably get better, like, overall, but scoring and things like that, I think he'll just, like, become a better shooter over time, too. Hmm. He does take about six threes a game. I think he's done that for his past two seasons, made about two a game, so respectable. I mean, it's like 35 36%. Um, but he's mainly, you know, kind of like the two-point attacking guard. But what is weird about him is he doesn't really have the free throw numbers. That's where I kind of think where he can improve, at least in his points total, and be more effective is if he gets to the line more. Everyone loved comparing him to Dwayne Wade. But we know Dwayne Wade, you know, that fall down seven times, get up eight, whatever that old slogan he had was. I mean, this guy was getting to the line eight to ten times a game. Donovan Mitchell's getting to the line four times a game. So, Daniel, I'll switch the question to you. I mean, does he have room to improve? Is it mostly that free throw stuff? Or do you think it's just this is Donovan Mitchell? Donovan Mitchell is only 24 years old. Um, He has a lot to improve. It's not really going to be his ability, his shot, playmaking. It's not really that. I think with age becomes maturity, the game probably will slow down a little bit more and more each year for the next few years to where um, he's kind of going into his prime. He can do a lot more. He's not getting much better, but his stats will start adding up. He'll make better decisions. Um, and he'll actually be a better and more mature basketball player. So uh, to answer your question two different ways, no, he's not going to be better. You're not going to be look at him and be wild like, oh, my God, he's just like Luka Doncic's like growth in, the, you know, in a couple of years. But you'll see him and go, okay, he's, he's creating less turnovers, um, and he's actually getting to the basket more, getting to the free throw line, getting his shot and not forcing shots. I think that comes with age, and I think that's what you'll see in Donovan Mitchell, which will, in the end, make him a better player. Interesting. I think that's a very valid point. I think it is dumb, and we should lay to rest that he's the next Dwayne Wade if we haven't already. Um, (laughs) The Vegas over-under for the Utah Jazz, last year in 72 games total that they played, they went 44-28, and like I said at the beginning. Vegas has them very solidly at 42.5 wins. Would you smash or pass this, Cody? Um, I would pass. Pass. Okay. Daniel? I could see them going 44 and 28. Again, repeating so, it. Yep, why not? So go ahead and smash it. Interesting. I think I am going to smash it as well. They'll get some of their guys back, be healthy. They'll barely make this over. Um, number 13, the Houston Rockets. This pick for us um, really was kind of before all the James Harden fallout and all the moves that they made trading Russell Westbrook, but we had this locked in because James Harden still by himself is a walking um, five to three seed playoff uh, or playoff seeding for his team. Let's talk about the Houston Rockets because everybody wants to. I know I have very specific thoughts about the whole Harden situation. I don't know if you want to go into that super deep, but signed Boogie Cousins, 
We know he's been injured consistently the past two years with pretty significant injuries. John Wall trade for Russell Westbrook. They signed Christian Wood, who is everybody NBA's nerd uh, favorite player. Um, they still have Eric Gordon, P.J. Tucker. I mean, is this an interesting team, Daniel? No. <laughs> it's it's not interesting because I don't think they're going to be that good because there's already issues happening at practices. James Harden is not talking to the media. It's just going to go up in flames. Uh, Harden's going to make sure he sits more. When he plays, he's going to get his points and he's going to look good on the court but is he really going to worry about passing to people not really is he going to worry about getting his shots up absolutely Um, making sure he's healthy not playing defense the team will be good for tmz kind of like content like Mm. people checking in on the drama but realistically they're going to win games they shouldn't they're going to lose a lot of games that they shouldn't and in the end, I think this team trades Harden and becomes, uh, let's say, the 10 seed uh, overall. Oh, wow. So you think they fall that far? Cody, Absolutely. would you agree with that? Without Harden? We don't know. With Probably. We don't know. We're just with assuming Harden, that they have They're him. in the playoffs. If he's on the team, they're in the playoffs. So no matter what, if Harden is on the Rockets, they will be in the playoffs. Yeah. For sure. Now, do you think that he will? Let's talk about the trade rumors. Cause no, absolutely not. You do not think he will be on the Rockets? No, nah, he's going to be on the Heat. Oh, you think he's going to the Heat? We got a prediction. I was just asking if he's going to be traded. Yeah, no, nah, he's going to the Heat. <laughs> is that sourced? Or is that, uh, <laughs> no, that's just of, like... is that what you thought of on the toilet? No, that's just what, like, from reading, like, Twitter and stuff like that and just, like, looking at all the different things that I've read, it just seems like the most logical place for him to land would be the Heat. Daniel, do you think he will still be on the Houston Rockets by the end of the season or he'll be traded? Uh, he'll definitely be traded. Um, and I think the only team that makes sense for uh, for really James Harden and because if you'll see a lot of the drama that will go around him, I think his old boss and Daryl Morey, um, and I think he'll go out and grab him, and he'll end up being a 76er by the end of the year. Wow. I I can't even pick a team because I have no idea who would do it. Uh, but I, I'm with y'all. I think he will be traded. Um, it's been talked about before. If a guy wants out, like he's just going to get out, like no matter what's going to happen. Um, so I think that's why Vegas has this line at 34-and-a-half because they assume Harden will not be there. Uh, so would you smash or pass 34 and a half? Wow. I will pass. Yeah. Because I don't think he's going to be there. Ooh. Yeah. I don't think P.J. Tucker is a walking bucket. Ooh. Yeah, I'm going to pass too, but um, I, my only thing is, is if they get Ben Simmons. Um, they're not. Daryl Morey's already said they're not trading Ben saying Simmons. Saying if they did get Ben Simmons, that would be the only reason that they could actually be a better team. But then again, you're looking at a John Wall coming off a big injury, being healthy. DeMarcus Cousins, who's you know injury injury prone at this point. I hope he can stay healthy. Uh, but I would say that um, you know just like Ryan's being chased by a pack of wolves, I'd say about <laughs> passing. That is the neighbor's dog. I apologize. 
<laughs> it, sounds, it sounds like there's a pack of rabid coyotes out there with you. Well, when you're out in the country, we have already seen a pack of like eight dogs kind of roaming around the area. So eventually, I'm not a big gun guy, but eventually I am going to have to light something up, I feel like. Uh, so this is just where we're at in life now. Light something uh, up. <laughs> is that y'all's country way of talking? Light something up, boy. Light something up, boy. Yeah, we got that real deep drawl now from before. <laughs> uh, but I'm with y'all. I I don't think Harden's going to be there, um, and I would actually pass on this line too. I would say the Rockets go under. Poor Stephen Silas. He finally gets a new. Uh, he finally gets to be a head coach, and it's just an absolute horrible situation that he has to navigate. Seems like a nice guy. I hope the best for him. Um, That's basically JB Bickerstaff too. But. Um, do you want to talk specifically about Harden holding out, or do we just want to move on? Nah. You don't want to talk about him holding out or anything, or not showing up to the first day of practice, or being MIA with the baby? That stuff's going to change so much that we can talk about it, but it'll be honestly useless in like two days. He'll have thrown a basketball at somebody else and like walked off the court and... He's probably flying to Las Vegas at somebody else's concert, so who knows? <laughs> okay. We'll probably talk about that later when we get into the season because I do have thoughts about the whole player oh, no. empowerment and all that, the franchise. People said that Dennis stuff. Rodman was a good teammate. So uh, let's do this last one, and then we'll wrap it up here. Number 12, the Toronto Raptors. We're going to make this a little shorter episodes. I know season starts – uh tonight so this episode probably won't air before it starts so you probably have the opening night at least you watched already so we're not in a rush to get these out we want to take more time to talk in depth about these teams um number 12 last one the toronto raptors who last year went 53 and 19 big things they did this offseason lost mark gasol lost serge Ibaka, re-signed fred van vliet daniel the big question i have for you is is Pascal Siakam that guy, or is he just a regular season player that cannot get it done in the playoffs for the Raptors going into the future? I think Pascal Siakam is a good player, and I would say he's the number two um, on a uh, good team, maybe the number three on a good team. But I don't know if you can actually have him – as your number one guy um, on a team like this because Kyle Lowry is good and he's and he's pretty good in spurts, but he's 34 now, and so he's getting up there. Um, they got in Aaron Baines to replace Marcus Gasol. He's not Marcus Gasol where he's got that European style of basketball where he's kind of fluid with the offense and can hit the open three-pointers and pass people open. As you've already seen, Mark, with the, in L.A. Uh, with his passing, and now everybody's wooed from that uh, that we've seen for literally 10-plus years in Memphis. Um, yeah, Norman, welcome to the NBA, Mark. You yeah. get to be seen. People recognize you. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, yeah, like OG, uh, Norman Powell, Fred Van Vliet. I, it's a bunch of good players, and Van Vliet has the potential of going off at times. But realistically, I don't see this team being very tough to beat uh, when it comes playoff time. But in the in the regular season, they're going to be well coached. They're going to play well together. They're going to be literally the old man basketball team that plays in the church league. 
And that's what I refer to them as. They're going to have good chemistry. They're going to play well together. But realistically, they're not going to be that great. So you can easily beat them, but you just have to stay disciplined to beat a team like this. So now, Daniel, I'll follow up with this. Last year, you were the only one to be on their side for a two or three seed last year. (laughs) This is kind of like the new Spurs in the regular season. I mean, we have them ranked 12, so that's looking at, you know, a six seed or so. Do you think they could be one of those top seeds in the East in a regular season again, or do you think we have them properly rated? I think this is the first year that we have them properly rated. I think they will be either the fifth or the sixth seed just because, um, you know, the the Bucks, um, the Nets, um, Boston, maybe Philadelphia, Success. maybe maybe the Heat. I think they'll be a team like the Heat that is well coached. A bunch of they play well together, James Harden. Um, and they can actually win. You know, games that they you know shouldn't. You know, because people just don't play as disciplined during the season. So I, I definitely think they're around the like the Heat. So a five six is fine. Now, Cody, let me ask you this about their regular season. They are the lone team that had to move to a different place. They are in mm-hmm. Tampa now, I believe, right? Correct. They're in Tampa. And does this affect them very much because of they're kind of like in a year-long bubble now? I don't know if they're bringing all their families with them. I would assume most of their families are going to stay with them in Tampa for the remainder of the season. Yeah, I would think so. But is this going to be a big hindrance to the Raptors, or do you think they're just professionals and get this thing done? I think living in Florida is probably warmer than living in Toronto in the winter. So you think they actually it might actually benefit them to be Yeah, in... for sure. Okay. I I was just wondering I haven't heard I mean I've heard some people talk about that factor, but I've heard it from the negative side to where it will affect them because they're away from home and, you know, the extended period of time in a strange place. Uh but you think the actual sunshine and being near the beach and the water will actually benefit them. Yes. I, Interesting. I have one thing on that. The only thing I'm worried about is if so when they go off the players go off on a road trip, uh, usually the wives or whoever with the kids are at home at their house and their town. Um, are they well, you think they'd be able to go away to like maybe back to Toronto for a week or so while they're on the road and then come back and still be okay? Like is this like bubble where they have to live a certain place altogether or are they allowed to live wherever they want? But just get tested frequently. I'm just curious. I think they can probably live wherever they want. Okay. Like they probably just get an apartment in Tampa. I would think. I can't imagine that they're making them like live in a place. Yeah, that's what I'm. I, I I've not heard anyway either other way. So that's why I was curious if y'all might know. I I don't know specifically. I would assume that they could do whatever they want. But I know Canada has been kind of restrictive about people coming in and out. So I don't know if they will be able to. Like, go home, you know, to check up on things or to see if their plants have died or whatever, uh, <laughs> to water the flowers or whatnot. But um, I, I would assume that most of them would just stay in Tampa for the duration of it. I, yeah, I, why not? I mean, they obviously they're can all afford, NBA players. They obviously can afford uh, housekeepers and people like that and grounds people. <laughs> So I would assume there's no reason for them to go back to Canada at, or Toronto at any point during the season. So I would assume they just all stay in Tampa and just kind of ride this thing out and 
they could kind of be the interesting story of the year, especially if things go well for them the regular season and they're kind of frisky, you know, as a top four seed. Like, everyone's going to be talking about this Raptors again. And um, I don't know. Like, they just re-signed OG Ananobi to extension, so he'll be there for a few more years. Like, is he going to finally be that guy we think he is? I mean... They drafted Malachi Flynn, who is everybody's, you know, everything in preseason, he's kind of surprised. So everyone's like, oh, Malachi Flynn, the steal of the draft. The Raptors did it again. But um, I, I, I think Malachi Flynn is kind of like Landry Shamit, you know, a couple of years ago, who was surprising early and then is on his fourth team in two years. So I feel like Malachi Flynn's that kind of player. I'm more interested to see how they are defensively without Serge and without Mark. Like, are they still going to be, you know, they did a lot of weird stuff last year with matchup zones and pressing and, you know, just goofy stuff that kind of kept them in games. I'm, I'm kind of curious if we're going to see more of that. Like, are we going to see a lot of weird defensive matchup zone stuff and presses that get all of us basketball nerds super excited for them? Or is it just going to be they lost too many key defensive pieces to where it falls apart? But that gets into the I got, Vegas over-under. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I got one thing. Um, one, uh, two-part question. One, how are the strip clubs in Tampa Bay? And, <laughs> and to follow up with that, uh, do you think there's any chance that uh, Harden – could be sent to a dark horse in Toronto. Mm. I do not know anything about the strip clubs. We actually, me and Cody have a buddy, Dave, who, uh, Dave and Billy, who actually live there, and they love it there. Apparently the bar scene is pretty great. Music scene's good. Um, but I have not heard any reports of the strip club scene. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. so no, no, I, uh... I, I don't know the quality. I would assume it would be okay because it's Florida, uh, but I don't know if it's a great strip club place. And I think the potential of Harden going to the Raptors, I would be shocked, but I'm not saying it's impossible. Why would you be shocked? Because what they can offer is a young player on a four-year contract, right? So you have Pascal Siakam. He has four more years, and you know he's at 29, 31, 33, and 35 uh, consecutive next four years. Um, you have Siakam for James Harden, and then you have to fill in a couple of fillers from the Toronto Raptors to make it work. I think you actually have three around $3 million to make the, the money work. But you can offer three first-round picks. James Harden's on a three-year contract, right? So you know you're probably going to be good for those next three years, more than likely. So you offer three first-round picks, Siakam, some fillers uh, for Harden. I know that's not a huge get, but you're getting a player that potentially has – he's younger. He's shown that he can be really good. Um, John Wall, Pascal Siakam, DeMarcus Cousins, that's a start for sure. Uh, maybe, the, maybe you have to throw uh, Malachi Flynn in there. See, I see. I think for the Rockets, that's a no-brainer. The problem for me is the Raptors. I don't think the Raptors would want to do that. I I would be surprised if they would want to give up 
the guy who made the all-star team last year and a younger player in Siakam who's more versatile and go with, like, you're going to pair Harden with Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, um, and OG Ananobi, I, I think the only the team that says no to me is the Raptors. If I'm the Rockets and the, Siakam's in the deal, yeah, 100%, I would pull the trigger. Why not? Uh, because I do think he would fit the current mold that they have this team that they have put together. But for the Raptors, to me, it's a very short-term move. And I don't think the Raptors are very interested in that kind of short-term thing. I think they are very committed to Siakam and Van Fleet and OG Ananobi and obviously committed to them for four or five years. So I would be surprised if the Raptors gave that up for, you know, two to three years of a maybe engaged uh, James Harden, who well, would probably enjoy Tampa for the year. But well, then Toronto, year, he, he would love Toronto. To, would he? Supposedly, and I've only heard this from a, a different podcasts, NBA podcasts. Supposedly, yeah, supposedly Toronto's like the hottest place that NBA players want to go to. Like as in like the hmm. uh, after hours life. Um, okay. And so... I think that he would love that. So I don't think it's James Harden not wanting to be there, whatever. When James Harden plays, he's usually he pretty much plays almost every game. He's usually locked in. The issue is his defense. If you get a player like James Harden, you can surround him with other people that are pretty good defensively. And they've shown in the past that Toronto is pretty good defensively. So if it's me, if I'm the Raptors, I 100% want to trade for Harden because you're trading for a guy who is obviously a top 10 player in the league. You're giving up Pascal Siakam, who made the Eastern Conference All-Star team, and he might not make the Western Conference All-Star team. Like I just don't know if, if, you, can, if you could actually say that 100% you think he would make the Western Conference All-Star team. I just don't know. The same for Kyle Lowry. I don't think he is an all-star in the West. Some years, yes, but not every year like he's been. So if it's me, I go get James Harden. If I have to give up a Pascal Siakam, who potentially has a a pretty limited ceiling, and even if you have to get off Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam, I would be fine with giving up either or. I wouldn't give up both. Cody, bring you in on this. What do you think? No. First of all, it's not going to happen because James Harden like has listed like the teams he will, is like acceptable to go to. So it's like the Anthony Davis thing where like he's basically holding the Rockets hostage and like the teams he's like it's like basically the Nets, the Heat, and the Sixers or the Bucks. So you don't think the Harden would be trade directors just because he hasn't specifically no. said he would be okay with it. Right. Because like he's just he if they send him to Toronto, then he's just gonna be like, All right, cool, I'm not gonna play. Hmm. And then Toronto's gonna be like, All right, cool, we're not gonna trade for you. Interesting. But it just go back to the fit of it. If you know, if he said he won the Raptors and you're talking about the fit with Lowry, Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Aaron Baines. Would that interest you if that were James Harden? Yeah, oh yeah, I like it. 
I like the fit. So you think the Raptors sure. would be a pretty good team in the East if they added Harden and were and got? They're rid already of a Siakam. pretty good team in the East. Yeah, they're already a pretty good team in the East. They'd be a hell of a team in the East if they upgraded from Siakam to Harden. Interesting. So you are you are more than okay with shipping Pascal Siakam for James Harden? Yes. Okay. Who wouldn't be? Okay. I'm just, you know, I'm just, I'm here to ask the that's questions. Like, that's all. That's like fifty cents for a dollar, right? <laughs> exactly. I agree. You know, I'm I mean, like, big... I, I think Pascal Siakam's a great player, but like, like, do I want to trade, you know, Bogdanovich for Kevin Durant? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, you know, I've always been a James Harden defender, so like, it would be great, but, um. I'm just not sure if the Raptors personally would do it. But their Vegas over under 41 and a half wins. Would you smash or pass that? Wow. Um, I I would. What does that put them at? I'm so used to the other numbers. 40 is usually easy to get to. 29. Man. I'll say smash it. Smash. Okay. So at least 42 and 30. Yeah. Cody? Um, I'm going to pass. Pass? So you say under 41 and a half wins. Correct. Interesting. Um, the East just has a lot of good, really good teams. I just don't think they're going to – I think it's going to be like the Spurs in the West where they just kind of like – they're so good, but they're just not the same. I, I'm actually going to believe in the Raptors. I'm going to smash this. I'm going to say over, um, but I think barely. 42, 43 wins, something like that. All right, that's going to wrap us up for this uh, section of our team previews. Uh, do we have anything to plug before we go? I don't know. Could, Daniel, do you want to release the big news that we have for the new year, 2021, or do you want to save it for one of our end of preview pods? Uh, we can release it if you want. We'll kind of build it up to the 2021 release. Okay. The more people that hear it, the better. (laughs) All right. Tell the people. All right. So every Thursday night, seven o'clock central, the free basketball podcast is moving to a live. I said that live show on the locker room app. If you don't have the locker room app, just search locker room at on uh, your iTunes or whatever your whatever your Apple product is, um, and go over there, pull us up. Uh, you can uh, interact with us in the discussion panel. You can hop up on stage if you want to talk ish to Cody uh, about some of his <laughs> bad takes. Um, but we'll be there live. We're going to record this. Everything will be the exact same if you want to just hear the podcast. Uh, we'll probably release it Friday, maybe Saturday, depending on how Ryan can turn it around. Uh, but we're going to be live on there. But it's not going to happen until, is it the first Thursday of 2021? Is that correct? Yes, that should okay. be correct. So uh, I might hop on there in the meantime on uh, and just kind of open the show up and just kind of see if I can talk to the people that are around there already listening. Uh, because I have a, I've previously had another show. Uh, but we three will be together live for the first time in 2021, Thursday, seven o'clock central, uh, whatever that date is, if somebody has it cool, uh, but tell your friends, interact with us. Uh, it'll be a lot of fun. 
Yeah, I uh, I think it's going to be awesome. You're going to get the raw, unfiltered, unedited version of us. That could be um, dangerous. That could be very dangerous. Should be a lot of fun. I believe the first Thursday is January 7th. So that mm-hmm. is kind of the anticipated release date for us. And it's not to say that we still won't record episodes but it will be here and there the live show will be our main audio format so if you are a follower of us we thank you for continuing to support the free basketball podcast but in 2021 we would love for you to become a participant in our episodes so if you do not have the locker room app right now you should download it of course it is only available to apple um is that ios technically yes, that's um, yeah. products yeah so store. for me who is a android person um i have to use my wife's phone so <laughs> i don't know when they're going to send out the update to where androids can get on there too but if you have an android i'm sorry uh borrow someone's phone who has an ios and get on locker room and enjoy it with us it will be unfiltered um unedited and i think it'll be a lot of fun um cody do you have anything to plug for yourself nope nothing at I all i don't no i don't think so i have a twitter account it's cody underscore halsey that's it and then uh, other than that no we got a free basketball podcast you should listen to it check it out yep check it out <laughs> like I am, share rate and review i am at rd meadows 11 we're at fast free basketball three follow us on the lead uh daniel shout out your uh, twitter there Yep. So no at, one can pay attention to it? Exactly. Yeah, don't follow me. I don't like you anyway, but it's at Daniel Greer <laughs> if you see it. Um, but we might be doing something with local flavor. Uh, maybe just a Grizzlies-only podcast. Um, it'll be here. We're kind of thinking about what day we recorded on, uh, whether it's one of us, two of us, three of us. Uh, it might just be kind of a wrap-up of each week of the Grizzlies because we have a lot of Grizzlies fans because that's where we're from. Um, so just kind of give you a heads up, that could be coming as well. Yes, a lot going on with free basketball. We're really trying. How about that? We have went Woo. from um, 30 Twitter followers to over 700. So um, it's amazing what you can do when we actually try, mainly me. Uh, so Indeed. <laughs> thanks that's for why you're the... <laughs> That's why you're the boss. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Hope everyone has an excellent Christmas holiday. um, And you guys do the same. (laughs) 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 No, thanks for being on again, guys. We'll be back with uh, our next round of team previews. Cody, Daniel, good to talk to y'all again. I'm sure I will be speaking with y'all soon, hopefully with a little bit better connectivity. (laughs) Got that country cable. (laughs) We out.